Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. I've been to a few churches over my 51 years and um, I've got to say that One Life Church is probably one of the most diverse churches I've come across. We have people from so many different walks of life. How many of you have arrived in the last, say, five or six years? Right up. It's probably a bit over half. God's just bringing people. He's bringing, he's moving the pieces around. And, you know, we've got such a strength here in the diversity of his people. We've got people here from Seventh-day Adventist backgrounds. We've got people here from Catholic backgrounds. We've got people from Anglican backgrounds, Baptists, Uniting, Brethren, Church of Christ, Charismatic, Pentecostal, and those that don't have a church background. All in this church. And I believe that it's such a strength when we've got such diversity in the church that we can iron, sharpen iron. We all have different experiences that we bring. We all have cultures that we've come from in churches that are different. And the culture here in this church is probably different to where you came from years ago. But you know, there is one potentially huge weakness that we have as a church. Anyone know what that might be? Our diversity. See, in our diversity, there's potential for us to get frustrated with one another. To get a bit jaded or a bit, you know, this is not how we do it. We think it should be done that way. We've got a different culture we come from. God's going to stretch us as he takes us into what we have. And some of you are going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. God's not into comfort. He's into what he's into. And we say yes to him, right? So one thing that is very passionate, that God is very passionate about is unity in his body. And so we have such a strength, but we have such a glaring I won't call it a weakness, it's a potential weakness of our diversity. And we need to learn how to live in unity with one another. See, there's so many churches that have gone before us that God's been doing stuff and stirring things and bringing people together. And they were going along in the journey, getting further and further in, but they never made it. They imploded because their unity disintegrated. Because of their diversity. They didn't understand how to have unity in that diversity. For us to go forward, God's calling us into some pretty exciting times. Across not just our church, but across the world. But in our church, God's got a plan, a purpose, and he's got a a path for us. And it's pretty exciting. But for us to step into that and to live that out, we need to get a hold of unity. It's absolutely essential. And there are two ingredients, two essential ingredients that I believe 
are important for unity. Now, obviously, love, we need to learn to love one another. But apart from love, I believe there's two things. Grace and forgiveness. And I want to hone in on those this morning. God is very, very, very passionate about unity and forgiveness. Very much so. Forgiveness is a very key thing. And I, I, I spoke on, for those that you were here last week, I spoke uh, with communion. I took communion and I spoke about forgiveness, just a little aspect of it. And this verse was one that I mentioned, and it's straight after the Lord's Prayer. Jesus has given us the Lord's Prayer, how to pray, and then he says straight after it, the next verse, he says this in Matthew 14 and 15. Uh, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it'll be on the screen. If you forgive others when they sin against you, God will forgive you your sins. If you don't forgive others their sin, or when they sin against you, your Father in heaven will not forgive you your sins. What's the implication for you and me if we are not forgiven? What did Jesus go to the cross for? For our forgiveness. But our unforgiveness positions us, it seems to say, positions us away from his grace. When we walk in unforgiveness. Is the forgiveness of others a salvation issue for you and me? According to that. Is it? Colossians 3.13 Remember, God forgave you, so you must forgive others. There's no ifs, buts or maybes. Zip. Zip. Not that it's hard, they've done something horrendous to you. There's no exceptions on forgiveness. You must forgive others. Matthew 18, I'm giving you God's heart for forgiveness and hence unity. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. It's called the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And he tells this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. Now, when Jesus starts telling parables, Quite often, it's a parable of us in it and God in it. Prodigal son? Lost coin? There's lots of them. So Jesus is making a point. I'm in this, you're in this, and God's in this. This is about you and me. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Who's the king? Jesus, God. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 
At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything that I have. And the servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you, would, you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. What? This is not talking about the world. He is talking to the church, you and me, about how we treat one another, the forgiveness in our heart to one another. Tortured? It's pretty full on. God has zero, zero tolerance for unforgiveness in the body of Christ. Absolute zip. Nothing. Matthew 5, 21 to 24. God's going to raise the bar on us again. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. You just get angry with someone who's in this congregation, anyone who's in the kingdom, and you are like a murderer. Such is the importance of forgiveness to the Lord. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which is a derogatory term, it's a harsh term, is answerable to the court. Anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fires of hell. He's talking about brothers and sisters. It's within the body of Christ. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Even if you don't hold unforgiveness in your heart, if you're aware that potentially someone else has something against you, God says, you go. Go to that person and be reconciled because we don't want unforgiveness in the body. He has zero tolerance. This one is saying, being angry, it's like if there's even a little bit of bad blood between you and someone in the body. 
little bit of bad blood, go and sort it out. You know, we tolerate this stuff. We tolerate this stuff in, our, in, the, in the church. And God does not tolerate it at all. So what is forgiveness? See, forgiveness is determined by him, not by what we think it is. Forgiveness looks like this. Hebrews 8.12 I will forgive their, sick, their wickedness and remember their sin no more. I mentioned this last week. Forgiveness is to remember it no more. Now, pretty hard for us to not remember something done that jaded us, right? Or something very significant in our past that someone's done to us. Pretty hard not to remember it. But God's benchmark is to not bring it up anymore. We resolve in our heart, we determine in our heart that that person that jaded me, I forgive them and I will never bring it up again. I will never bring it up again. It's wiped. That's what we do when we forgive. We resolve in our heart to not bring it up again. And I'm not talking about squashing it down and being a doormat for abuse and those sorts of things. But I've seen people, I know people that have gone years and years and years and they feel like they've got to keep bringing it up and they're going to counselling. They bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. And they're decades down the track and they're still not... not healed. God's calling us to forgive no ifs or buts. Now, when I feel jaded by somebody, makes me angry, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed in them. Do you know what I do? I go and tell somebody. I tell somebody what they did, how I feel. Because it makes me feel better about myself. It makes me feel justified that I'm right and they're wrong and it's not okay. And you know what it does? It helps them remember when they were jaded, either in the same way by someone else and there's agreement. Or they remember that they were jaded by that same person, maybe in a different way. And we're helping them jump into the swamp that we're in Come and join me in this swamp of unforgiveness because it makes me feel justified and I, I was wronged and it's not okay. Especially when they do it the second time and the third time and the fourth time. And Jesus says, how many times? 77. By then I've lost count. And when we do that, when I do that, when I share it with somebody else about how I've been jaded by somebody, God is absolutely filthy with me. So much so that he says, your unforgiveness means I'm not forgiving you. Hello? Zero tolerance. And I want to encourage us that we have zero tolerance of this stuff in our congregation. I want to encourage us that we determine in our heart to give each other permission to pick us up because we're in a culture around in the world and even in churches, there's a culture where we do this. We get agreement. We feel justified. 
And it's not okay. It's not okay. I'm not, I'm not bringing correction to you. I'm just saying that God's heart is it's not okay. And if we want to go into what the Lord has for us with our diversity, we have to be vigilant on unity. God is passionate about unity. Are you? Are you? Is it important to you? It's going to be awfully uncomfortable. I get the advantage of preparing this message. I prepared this, had this a week ago, right? This week, I've had a chance just to... The Lord's just been bringing to mind things of when I've done it. And oh my goodness. I do it more than I realize. Just getting that agreement makes me feel better about myself. Feels, makes me feel justified of they wronged me. You know why? You know why it's hard to, un, to, to forgive somebody? It's because we want justice. I'm a little bit higher on justice than I realized. You know, some people are very, you know, there's different personality traits and some people are very high on justice. I'm getting up there. I find injustice very, very difficult. And hence, it's a little bit of an opening for the enemy to get me to do what I just said I've done to other people without them even knowing. But the Lord has been saying to me that forgiveness is unjust. Forgiveness lets them off the hook. And it's just not fair. It's not fair. I've been jaded four times by the same person, the same way. It's not fair. The problem is unforgiveness has a roots in my need for justice. And my need for justice exposes something. And that is, I don't recognize the holiness of God. I'll make the connection. When I'm angry with my brother, to a holy God, that sin is like murder. He is holy beyond comprehension. He is so holy that our, when we realize his holiness and what we do, we think we grade sin, right? We all grade sin. Some white lies is cheating someone, adultery, murder, you know, we grade them. But in the face of a holy God, these little sins are just 10,000 bag, 10, bags of gold, as the the parable says. When we recognize what we've been forgiven from in this relationship, forgiveness for the few coins that they've done to me is a lot easier. It's not just I will myself to forgive, but you realize the holiness of God and our sin to him, what we've done, what we've been forgiven from. As we remember that, that's why we do communion. Remember what we're saved from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I rate what I do to people and what other people do to me. I don't do that to other people. They're doing that to me. I'm not that bad. They're worse than me. So justice. So I just want us to take a little bit of time. I won't call the band up just yet. 
I just want us to take a little bit of time. We're going to have a little bit of quiet. I just want us to meditate, just to be quiet with the Lord. We're not going to have any music. We're just going to be quiet. We're just going to allow ourselves to just get in that place where we recognize the holiness of God and the depravity of our sin. Revelation says you do not know that you are wretched, poor, pitiful, blind and naked. You don't even realize. It's the holiness of God. So let's take a few minutes. I'm going to take a couple of minutes just to allow that to happen. And then as we do that, the Holy Spirit will bring to mind those who you've been jaded by. And that we have an opportunity that in our own heart we release them and we determine to never bring it up again. So let's do that. You know, forgiveness releases us as we forgive. It's not, it's not really for the other person as such. Often they don't even know there's an issue. It's in your heart. It's for you to be set free. And forgiveness is not easy sometimes. Sometimes there's some real deep pain associated with things that have happened but there's no exceptions so just get to band up look we're, we're just going to wind up this morning but i just want to encourage you to if you would like if, if forgiveness is something that you really it's hard for you to do you've identified that there's some real pain points and difficulty please feel free to come out i'll pray with you um if you'd like someone to pray with you, just grab somebody. Just as the band is just going to play this last song, I just want to encourage us to really be serious about this, that we want to be a church that holds on to our diversity as a strength, not as a potential destructive force, right? We want to go in unity into the fullness of what God has for us. Yeah? So we need to have a heart like God does for unity and forgiveness. So I encourage us just to not just walk off and let it go, but just really let it sit. Let the Holy Spirit, there's no condemnation. It's just bringing release and freedom. That's his heart for you and me.